uh, bringing up there. But one of one of them is the new iPhone 12, and uh, you know they have to have a they have to have a new iPhone every year. <laughs> so uh, so in October they're going to be announcing the iPhone 12, and there's some talk that there might be like three different models, but only one of them will probably be available now, and then the other might be available next month. They've had some supply problems because of the COVID stuff, of course. But uh, yeah, they've got uh, got the new iPhone coming out. Um, it's uh, it's got a it's got a new big feature. It's going to come in the color blue this time as well. So uh, that, that's always important to people. Um, but uh, more important than that, uh, they've been working on the camera, and so the camera for it is now going to be a triple lens 3D camera. So you'll be able to take sort of 3D pictures, and they're doing a lot of things with what they call augmented reality. So you can uh, be able to take pictures in 3D and be able to present things in that way. And then also there's, um, you know, the big thing now with cell phones is the 5G cellular network. Uh, have you been hearing about that, Tom? I have been, and I, in fact, I'm prepared to ask a stupid question about it. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, when it, well, you, it's no secret that I'm, I'm not a novice with computers, but I'm not the most, not, most knowledgeable person. And one of the things that I enjoy about you being here is that I get a chance to learn about them. So I was going to ask you to talk about the 3, 3G, 4G, 5G, and exactly what does that mean? How I gather it has to do with increasing what you can can transfer uh, and the way you transfer it and the speed and everything, but I, I can't imagine how it's done. And So you, you, in talking about this 5G thing, perhaps can, can explain a little bit of that. Yes, so, um, so now the, the um, 3G, 4G, 5G, as you, as you surmised, Basically, that's about the speed that you can transfer information. And so that's how quickly data can come uh, to your phone for video or bringing down information. And so uh, the interesting thing with um, the, the 3G and the 4G, um, as you move from 3G to 4G, it's like everything got better with 4G. Um, so you had the same um, distance that you could go with the 4G, but it just got faster. With the 5G, the 5G is faster, but it goes over a shorter distance. And so as we talk about people rolling out the 5G, the true 5G um, right now is only coming out in selected cities. So like Verizon and AT&T are both talking about, oh, we're bringing out the 5G, but it's only in selected cities and only in parts of the city because in order to have true 5G, you have to have more towers because the signal doesn't go as far. But it does go about 10 times as fast as the 4G. So you're getting really fast speeds out of it, but you have to have more towers because of the distance limitations. I'm interested in the kind of thing about the speed and so on, because I've been, the scientific part of my mind wants to know where the next computer leap is going to be, because most of the things that have gone on over the years have been increases in speed and, and, and the way the different ways they've managed that. I guess it's more more fiber and less copper and, and uh, different things. But at the same at the same time, uh, uh, the, 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 there's been a fundamental change, and that is they're just speeding up the thing that was done all along. I may be wrong about that. Um, mm-hmm. Why is the, the, the distance foreshortened for the 5G? Is it just more power required or something like that? That's right, yeah. So it takes more power to put the signal out, and so the, the signal can go 
um, go over shorter distances because of the, you know, it, they, they can only put a certain amount of power behind the signal. And so they don't want, they want to be, you know, giving us, uh, you know, suntans in between with uh, the frequency too high. But um, with the 5G, the interesting part of that is not only, you know, because of the speed that it can run, now it can start rivaling the speed of the network that you might have in your office. You know, so there at the radio station, they'll have a wired network that, you know, runs at a, a fast speed. But with 5G, now the wireless networks that are going across the, hopefully the whole city soon will be able to run at the same speed as the network inside your office. So now we think about, okay, well, does that mean maybe we don't have to have an office in our network anymore, but maybe the computers and the phones and everything can connect to the 5G and we can all be taking advantage of that new fast speed. So it's a, the revolution I think here is going to be that the speed is so fast that it will begin to rival those local area networks. Um, but the problem is getting enough towers and getting it out far enough uh, for everyone to be able to take advantage of that speed. And uh, I guess more speed here has something, not, not more speed in the ordinary thing, but does it have anything, have anything to do with bandwidth and stuff like that? That bandwidth, when we're talking about speed of a network connection, that's what we're really talking about is bandwidth. Um, when, you have, when you have, you know, uh, radio waves and when you have things traveling um, across a wire, it actually travels at the fastest speed it can. It, it travels like at the speed of light. But the trick is how much, how much width can you put, how many, how many uh, packets of data can you have travel at the same time on a particular thing. And so with the bandwidth, what you're talking about is think about like lanes on a highway. You know, let's, let's say you've got one lane and the speed limit's 55 miles an hour. Okay, well then, you know, if one car starts slowing down, everybody's going to get backed up. So if you have five lanes that the traffic can go on, then if one lane slows down, you can switch over to the other lane. And so that way you can have five cars at a time traveling at 55 miles an hour. So that's what bandwidth is. And so with the 5G now, we have more lanes of traffic that the uh, data can travel on. And so then that way it gets at a higher speed. And uh, maybe simple-minded, and then we'll take a little break here. Uh, and you, after the break, you can tell me if I am simple-minded. Say you've got a certain number of packets of information that you want to transfer, and you've got just a single line. Maybe that would be a 1G. Uh, and uh, it would get there at a certain speed, but by increasing the speed, you could get that same. You, you, would, you would be able to get the five packets there at exactly the same time, and in one-fifth of the time, it would take them to get there one unit at a time. Exactly. That is another way of, of speeding up the delivery of information. Uh, That's right. Okay. Yeah. Tom Kearney understands computers now. There's a little <laughs> laugh in that somewhere. Uh, Bob Chandler helping us understand computers and specifically addressing some of the new entries into the market of Apple products. And we'll be back with Bob in just a couple of minutes. Bob Chandler of Make Magic. That's M-A-C-B-A-N-T-A-G. Big Mac Vantage. He's in IT support and that sort of stuff. McVantage.com will tell you everything you need to know about it. Bob has been a, a guest for... Bob, I was telling the story of how you got to be on here to, to John, uh, my producer. He, he was around at that time, but uh, 
I got a letter, ladies and gentlemen, from Mr. Chandler years ago saying, you have a lot of stuff on about PCs and computers, but you don't have anything about Mac. And Bob was a... Uh, I think the Q&A man for the local club at that time, and he uh, That's right. came on and has provided a good service for, for people, uh, not only Mac, Macintosh and Apple products, but uh, even a few PCs now and then. So he's with us tonight, and uh, uh, he's going to run over some of the things, the Macintosh products maybe that have come out since we, we last took a walk through. And uh, uh, also, as you can tell from the last exchanges we had, Help me understand a little bit about uh, how the computer uh, computers are, uh, how they are changing. Bob, who would use, and what what do what are they using 5G for? I mean, what, what, who who would use that? Okay, well, the 5G is um, well, it's one of those things that once it gets deployed, it'll it'll become the standard, and everybody will have access to it. But you think about, you know, what is it that would require that kind of, of a bandwidth who would need that much speed you know most of us now we can watch you know a video on our phone and that's no big deal you know we can you know just my the screen size on my phone it's only like a six inch screen so you know it's easy to get the video into there but as we think about 5g then it could be that you know something like your tv would have a 5g connection so then you know my 4k tv might be getting things streamed to it over 5g and that's going to take a lot more speed and just getting to the little six-inch screen there on my iPhone. So 5G, and then the only thing that 5G can open up is, I was talking about that 3D camera that's going to be coming on the new iPhone. You know, is this something where maybe, you know, we could start getting 3D pumped into our, into our homes or into our phones because we would now have the, the space to bring in all that information that we would need for three-dimensional models. Okay, okay, I'm, uh, I think I see what's going on. Uh, I, I know I saw a program once uh, about uh, when when high definition was going to come in, and I guess uh, what we're talking about is somewhat the same thing in the end, and that is 5G right. would, produce, would produce the kind of thing that would turn out to be high definition, but that the, the TV people were having to redo their makeup carts uh, because yeah. they, you could see every... Uh, <laughs> pour on the actress's face and everything, and it just, uh, you know, maybe sometimes we go over the edge. But again, I'm, I guess I'm being fickle tonight, or something like that. So, well, uh, I was watching the uh, watching a Robert Redford movie on my uh, 4K TV, and he looked a little rough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like he'd been rode hard and put up with. Huh? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well. Uh, I hope Mrs. Kearney is listening tonight because she knows I don't know much about computers, but I'm trying to learn. And I told her, she told me one time after I had a conversation with you or with Tim Taylor, I think, on the air, that I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. And I said, well, I know how computers work. I just don't know how to work them. And That's right. <laughs> and that is, I understand, yeah. I, I understand, I think, the theory, not in any mm. depth of any kind, but but, but the, the speed I, I want to said to her that uh, a good bit of what goes on in, in the transfer of, uh, of uh, information uh, is kind of like a, a jigsaw puzzle uh, that, it, that they've taken apart and there's a big hole in the wall and you're pushing the pieces through and, and the computer is like, how fast are you pushing them through? And then it's one of the pieces that tells you how to put them back together and that's what happens that's on right. the computer. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that, I think, is probably, uh, wouldn't you agree that, that maybe that's sort of how it happens if you need a, a simple kind of version of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I'm going to get out of your way now and let you go back to Apple Parks. We've got about three minutes now before we need to take a news break. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, another thing that uh, they have the, the event coming up October 13th. On September 13th, they had an event where they introduced the new Apple Watch uh, Series 6. So this is the sixth of the Apple Watches that they've had. And they've really been focusing on the health things through the watch. And so this new one has... Um, what they call a pulse ox meter in it, it can measure your blood oxygen level right through your skin on your watch. And so now, especially with COVID, the blood oxygen level is one of the symptoms that people recognize. And then also on the watch to help with uh, COVID, they have a hand wash monitor. So as you're washing your hands, it will check and see if you wash them for 20 seconds like you're supposed to, because it can tell what the motion is of your hands and determine if you're doing your hand washing properly or not. So your Apple Watch can uh, watch a lot of things now for you. I would, uh, you didn't say they had included the COVID test, you know, the swab in the nose. I've had that done, and that is, that is not pleasant. Uh, if, if, the, uh, if the Apple Watch can start picking that up, then, then we'd really have something. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, are we going to still be able to, I have been, been advised, I, I'm an AT&T customer, I've been advised that my phone is going to be out of date shortly. Am I still going to be able to get a flip phone of some sort? I, I certainly hope not, but um, you probably can. I finally got my wife off of her flip phone, and so I uh, got onto an iPhone, and then we just got our new iPhone because her battery was dying in the old one. So, so she's two generations in now, so... You know, I'm, I'm hoping to get, get rid of the rest of those flip phones. Well, I'll tell you, my problem right now is I'm scared of the learning pro- process. Uh, have they made you, that any easier? Oh, yeah. If you, if you can use a flip phone, you can use an iPhone. They're, they're a lot easier in, in a lot of ways. Because you can see what's going on so much more clearly. Okay. Bob Chandler of McVantage. Uh, they uh, do IT work and... Uh, Bob is a knowledgeable person about Apple products. He's been using them, I think we established earlier, since 1984 when the first Macintosh computers came out. He's our guest tonight, and uh, we're talking about Apple products. I'm going to get out of his way during the second half and let him walk around the showroom and, and talk about some of those things that came out in the earlier meeting that you uh, that he talked about where uh, um, Apple was revealing some of its new products, and then there's to be a, another release uh, on, uh, I think, uh, just within the next week on uh, yeah, October, next Tuesday. October 13th uh, and so on. But uh, right now we need to check the news. October 6th, Bob Chandler of McVantage is our guest. And before we go back to Bob in just a moment and some more information about Apple products, I want to do a little promoing here. Uh, tomorrow night, we will be preempted by the vice presidential debate, which WPTF will carry, and uh, you uh, can tune into it at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. On the Thursday night, we're going to have a nostalgia night, and I think this week we're going to do uh, uh, something about bucket lists and, and see what uh, may have been as you were thinking about uh, things that you might have done or that you might have thought about doing sometime in the past. Uh, 
what would be on your bucket list? Friday night will be trivia night. They had a program on Monday night that you're really going to want to hear. We're going to have David Benconi, who was the uh, columnist for many years for the News and Observer on entertainment. And he has a new book called Step It Up and Go, the story of North Carolina popular music. And I've read a good bit of the book, and I have really enjoyed it, and you will too if you've been in North Carolina. Bob, are you there? I'm still here. If you like North, if you like music, if you like uh, from country music to rock and roll and whatever, uh, David Menconi's book is one that you might be interested in. Where do we go next? What do you want to talk about next? Well, we've been talking about some of the new things that Apple wants to sell to you. Um, I wanted to mention something that they introduced uh, at their event on September 13th, and that is they upgraded the operating system for the iPhone and the iPad. And so the nice thing is when they upgrade the operating system, they give those upgrades away for free. And a lot of times they'll go back in terms of uh, which, which of the phones and which of the iPads can use them. You know, I, I told you that the new iPhone 12 is coming out. I was talking with John, and he said he has an iPhone 7. Well, on his phone, he was able to upgrade to the latest iOS that they came out with. They call it iOS 14. So the nice thing is, your current phone, when they come out with these new features, a lot of times they'll be able to uh, put those new features back onto your old phone. And so that's one of the things I like about Apple is, even though they've got a 12 coming out, they're still taking care of people who have, even as far back as the uh, iPhone 6, being able to have the new system. And the new system's got some pretty cool things in it. Um, one of the things it has in it is um, they have a Translate app on the phone now. So you can speak into the phone in one language and have it speak out of the phone in, in another language. Like I can speak into my phone in English and have the phone translate it and speak out in Chinese or in Spanish. And so I think, you know, for, uh, for people that are traveling or just, you know, here when you run into people speaking different languages, now the phone can help you to be able to uh, communicate with them more effectively. I can hear my mother saying, what will they think of next? <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's some things that they thought of next. Um, with the, uh, some other features they put in, one is uh, one that I thought was pretty funny is on the, uh, they have the maps feature on the phone so that you can get directions and they give you driving directions. Um, one of the new features they added to the maps is they'll let you know when you're approaching a red light camera. So you'll know uh, not to speed through the uh, light there, but to, uh, to stop because you're coming up on a red light camera. So there trying to get all the details into their maps. I just can't see the, the guys that are sitting there. Well, I can't see them. I'm trying to see them, but sitting there <laughs> trying to think up these things. What do we put in here next? You know, and sometimes yeah. when I'm made, trying to make light of iPhones and things, I, I say something like they have a map so they can flush your toilet for you. Tell me, do they? Um, I don't know about the toilet flushing, but... Um, <laughs> An interesting thing is uh, my wife and I had to get a new water heater recently. And um, you know the way that you discover you need a new water heater. You walk in and your laundry room is flooded. And so that, that's what happened to me. I came in and there was water all over the floor of my laundry room. Well, my new water heater connects to my phone using Wi-Fi. And so if the water heater starts to, uh, starts to leak, I'll now get an alert on my iPhone. So my phone will know that my water heater is going bad before I go in and have to bail out my laundry room. So uh, 
They're always always looking for something new. Uh, you know, I'll check on the toilet thing. So I'm not, I haven't seen any of those apps yet. Well, one reason that I like to 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 hear about these things is, of course, as you said, Apple wants to sell them, and they are things that that fascinate people. And indeed, I suppose in some cases, it could have helped you with your water heater. You know, and, and that's right. Beforehand, uh, we recently had a problem along. Well, the, it was the washing machine leaking, not the water heater, but yeah, you know, the same sort of thing. It was like the, but I'm. I wonder about the, the. I've been reading some philosophy lately. It's something that I was on my bucket list, so to speak, as I was talking about. Uh, and uh, it, uh, it, one of the things that the philosophers are concerned with is, is what, what is going. On? How long? What are we going to actually need these human beings? I guess is what, it, what, what, <laughs> the, what I'm trying. To say. And uh, I think. I think one of the things one of the things that I've enjoyed about the computers is that they free me from the mundane. You know, that now um, when I type, they're able to do some typing correction for me. I, I'm not a great speller, and so uh, so now when I type, you know, the computer corrects that for me. Now sometimes it gets a little, you know, overly zealous with that, but um, yeah, I, I find it. Hopefully, it's going to free people from the mundane so that people can be more creative. But there are other people that worry that the Computers are going to start taking over, and we'll be working for them, so they working for us. Well, that's one, and I don't really believe that, and I'm, I'm just kind of teasing a little bit about the computers yeah. because they they are instruments, they are tools that can be used. And the world, for instance, if I was sitting at the control board where John is sitting tonight, which I started sitting there regularly in 1982, and actually did some work in radio back in the 1960s, and it's a lot easier and a lot different uh, when you had to do a, a music show like rock and roll records for six hours in 1963, which I did. You were completely worn out. You know, you, you had to arrange everything. And now if I'm sitting there, the computer has arranged it for me. And uh, sometimes uh, I can fix it so it will play the stuff or I can fix it so that I can play it at my will. But at the same time, it's, it's done what you wanted it to do, and that is prepare things to, the mundane thing like queuing up the record doesn't have to be done by the operator. Yeah, you have to pull that album off the shelf anymore and put it on the turntable and try to get it ready. Oh, it's not, yeah. it's not, and I, I think that I can count, count. it would be interesting to, to have you think about this sometimes in terms of computers, but I can think of just from starting it with about 1980 to now, pretty much three technological revolutions that went on, you know, going from tape to carts and from carts to computers. And everything uh, uh, yeah. was a completely different thing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing how that technology sneaks into places we never expected it to go. And, and it's interesting, the adaptability, how they've adapted. You were going through the things, uh, what is the the, the oxygen saturation um, mm -hmm. uh thing, which is an obvious uh, thing with the, the I, can, I never say this right, the COVID-19 virus, right. uh, it's an obvious thing with with that uh, uh, that kind of stuff going on. I've just chosen just to stay in the house if, if, <laughs> <laughs> and not expose, uh, expose myself, but they, they have responded to needs there. Yeah. But, um, you know, you're talking about things that the computers would do you wouldn't expect them to do. Um, in that new iOS update for the iPhone and for the iPad, Apple's got a new, a new app called Car Keys, 
where you can now unlock and start your phone, start your car with your phone. So uh, they, have a, they have a commercial about somebody whose dog uh, buries their car keys, but now they don't have to worry about that. They can just use their phone to be able to open up the car and be able to start the car. What about the guy, uh, what about, uh, is it encryption that keeps somebody else from stealing your car? Well, you got to hope so. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they have it set up, you know, so that only only your phone can be the one that opens up your car. But the question is, uh, you know, is there a back door? Is there some way that uh, somebody can use to get into the car? Well, the reason I ask about it, I, I know that, that in some places in the world, say north of here where it's colder, there have been manual car starting things. You know, if you know you're going to go right. out at four thirty, and you have to get up at four, and, it, and you're eating breakfast, you can turn it on and have it have it warming itself up. But then again, when your car is running, it seems like there's always the possibility of somebody somebody uh, taking off with it. And, uh, yeah. So now you know, with the where the cars are set up, you can uh, have things that then track the car. <laughs> so if they take it, at least you know where they went with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the one of our weathermen who was telling us that, uh, that that there's so many computers on the cars and so on, and sending devices and so on, that the that the weather bureau people, uh, I think that's who he said, but at least the meteorological community is thinking, here are all these sources of information, you know, that uh, that are going about in the world that can transmit back what the temperature is and, and other things, and uh, uh, that you could you could maybe solve a lot of problems or make better predictions if you were able to use those. And if mm-hmm. you steal a car now or if you rent one and drive it where you're not supposed to drive it, everybody, I mean, the people who rent it to you know about it. That's right. That's right. How do you get away with anything? Well, I don't know. <laughs> because one of the things that I wonder about is the cyber, um, uh, I guess the need for cyber police and so on, uh, and uh-huh. that we continue to have these, uh, where the 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 villains can take uh, take over your computers and hold them for ransom. Right, and that's where one of the things that Apple has been doing lately is really working on. Um, well, they've been doing it for the whole time, but uh, one of their focuses lately has been on just security and of making sure that they're able to keep the information secure on your phone or on your iPad. Because you know, have everything on there now. You know, you have your bank account. As, like we were talking about, you have the ability to start your car. And if it's not secure, then that's going to be, you know, it's going to be much worse than having the, the manual things that we had before. But Apple's really taken steps to um, make sure that things are secure. Um, one of the things they're doing now with their new operating systems is they're letting you know what the apps on your phone are sending out. And so that way you know if you've gotten some kind of a rogue app, it's sending out information you don't want to be sent out or it's sending out to a location you don't want it to be sent out to. And so it's, it's really a concern, but I think Apple's done a good job of really saying, you know, wh- where are the places that people could cause problems and how can we help people to be aware of those? Uh, with the, the, the question of the apps and what they're sending out, where, where, where does, where, how does one, Perceive that. How how is it reported to you? Is there a place where you push a button and it shows you what is gone, or does it have a there are some, system? Some, there are some things where where you can go to a location in your phone and see okay what apps are sending which information and where is it going. But they have a thing now where 
the first time that an app sends something out, it brings up a box on the screen and it says, this app is sending information to here. Do you want it to do that? Do you want to do it this one time? Do you want to do it every time? And they give you some choices about it. So it's, it's becoming more active in bringing that information to you as opposed to you having to think, oh, I need to go and check what's going on. It's actually bringing the messages straight up. All right. We need to stop and take another break now. It's uh, 946 at WPTF on this Tuesday night. And we have about uh, a quarter of the program left, Bob, and uh, give it a good thought and see what we, we need to put out there before uh, the end of the program when we come back. Bob, Sounds good. Yeah, excuse me. Bob Tanner of McVantage is our guest tonight, and he's been good enough to let me talk some tonight, too, and probably says Tom's going to screw this up, but I've learned a little bit tonight that I didn't know, and I hope you have. We'll be back with more information right after this. We will actually do that at some other point. We will take that, and we'll do it uh, as we come into the end of the show here. Uh, Bob Tanner, are you there? Hello? I'm here, Tom. Okay, I wanted to make sure. Uh, what, yeah. what else from the, the, the uh, wide, uh, and I was interested today in the wide uh, expanse of new products from uh, Apple, uh, how they are scheduled throughout the, the year, and, and you, you made a uh, remark a, a little earlier about uh, they usually it's an iPhone every September, and, uh, and they had, uh, there apparently is an iPhone, a new one every September. Except this year, there were some problems, as you pointed out, with uh, with production, probably because of the virus, and so that the new iPhone will be released on uh, well on the thirteenth of this month, which is not that far away. Yeah, so they usually do um, usually do the new iPhones in the fall, September, October timeframe, and they said that they're going to announce them next week, but they may not be available until November, um, depending on how the shipping goes. Um, but the other thing that's going on with Apple is um, they've got, they not only have new products coming out, but Apple is going to make a major change in the way that they do their computers. Um, you know, we've talked some on the show before about the, the processor, the brain of the computers. And so, you know, Apple has been using Intel processors like the PCs do. And so now Apple has decided they're going to go their own way and they're going to do a thing called Apple Silicon. And so Apple's going to begin making their own processors, so they're not going to have to be dependent on Intel anymore. Uh, Intel, and there was one other one, I think it was A, letter A, A and B, yeah. were the major suppliers of, of uh, uh, processors. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought it was kind of cute and, and also made, made sense that, you know, Intel had a signature uh, that it uh, attached to. Uh, computers that has you know like Intel inside. Right. That's right. That's like a that's a reassurance and a reminder. Uh, it's a good ad, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And Intel's done done a, a good job with processors, but Apple feels like maybe um, that Intel doesn't always have the same priorities that they have, and sometimes the Intel processors they're supposed to be on a certain timeline, and they get off their timeline, so that makes Apple delay their products. So Apple's decided they're going to do their own processors, and they're hoping that they can get better speed out of those processors and better battery life. And so what they're going to be using is the processors that are in the iPhone and the iPad now. They're going to scale those up and use those in their computers. Interesting, interesting. 
Well, you know, okay. I'm sure the decision on, on something like that is an interesting one because when, when the business makes this decision to make their own, that requires a lot of investment, but then it gives them control, as you say, of exactly so that the, 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 the timing of things can be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And they've been, they've been doing it for the phones because Intel, they really haven't, they, they, they have some processors for phones, but they really haven't gone after that market very much. So you know, Apple is producing, oh, you know, millions and millions of iPhones every year. So those chips are already in those phones. So now just being able to move them up and put them into the computers, hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of the, you know, the economies of scale they're getting from producing them from the, for the phones and the iPads. And so they'll be able to do them hopefully, you know, cheaply or, you know, as cheap as Intel or maybe a little bit cheaper, but then also being able to customize them more to the needs of their computers. And, and, and if it can, one can be adaptable to many different uh, uh, computer products, then, then uh, that certainly will be a cost-saving thing right there. The same battery could be used in an iPhone and, and adapted in some way. Uh, at least the research for it could be adapted for the other products that it's going to be used for. That's right, yeah. And so along with that, they have a new operating system coming out for the computers, and Apple's been using uh, California names for their systems lately. So they had a, a new operating system last year called Catalina. This year they're having one come out called Big Sur. And so the Big Sur operating system is going to integrate things in more with the way the iPhone and the iPad works because they're going to be able to take advantage of the same chips and then they'll start to be able to take advantage of the same applications or the little apps that run on the phone. They'll now be able to run more easily on the computer and so for a developer, if they bring it out for the phone, then they can easily move it over and have it work on the computer as well. Well, the brains at, at Apple are still working, aren't they? They are. They are. People were concerned that, you know, when Steve Jobs passed away, that the innovation would drop off. But uh, they've done a good job in this whole moving to Apple Silicon. This is a this is a big move. This is the kind of this is the kind of move that I think Jobs would have done. You know, where they they take a break with the past and they they go off in a new direction for the future. Well, thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, you've given me a lot to puzzle about here and, and to, to get on my computer and, and see if I can run down some more information on the Internet. I, I don't know much about computers, but I'm eternally curious about them, and, and the stuff that you've just talked about tonight is, is kind of intriguing. Uh, but thanks so much for being with us. Bob Chandler of MacVantage, M-A-C-V-A-N-T-A-G-E dot com. If you go to that website, you'll find out all about it. Bob, thanks for being with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. We finally made it. <laughs> yep, after three tries. After yeah. three tries. <laughs> three strikes and we're out. Thank you. That's right.